am Tam. And I'm Eternally Mortal. And this is the Hidden Egg Podcast, where we talk about vulnerability. And this season, we're doing it while watching things. If you want to join us, then you can go to our Discord. I'll put the link in the description. And we do it live every Thursday, somewhere between 5 and 9 Eastern. Maybe like 4th? Yeah. Yeah. I do everything for you. With Eastern. Eastern's fine. I mean, you know, yeah. we should do all. We should do Greenwich Mean Time. Every I time. can't do that kind of math. <laughs> That's just too too much, man. You just to be a pain to make everyone do the math constantly. Like, that sounds fun. <laughs> okay, so today we're going to do Sex Education episode one. Yep, we've been kind of doing a little bit since we're just starting season two. I mean, season two of our podcast, not season two of any particular show. We're just kind of bouncing around and uh, uh, seeing what we like and what any anybody in the audience that's interested likes. And um, so we felt like this was a nice little midpoint in a certain way between Black Mirror and The Irregular at Magic High School, mm. which is the first two episodes of season two of The Hidden Egg. Mm. Um, so I think that it'll be fun. And uh, also I wanted to discuss, because I've listened now to the first two episodes, and it's, it's a little, it's a little um, hard to determine what, when the breaks are. Like, we've been pretty good about hitting a, saying a timestamp as soon as we come back, for the most part. But there are sometimes it's difficult to you tell. Have. You've been pretty good at that. I am terrible at that. that You've done it a couple times. That has not really been <laughs> me. Usually because you asked me to do it. <laughs> not, not, not usually because I had the thought to do it. Mm. Let's be fair. Okay, whatever. <laughs> it don't matter to me. Anyway, the point is that like it's been a little bit difficult to potentially to determine necessarily where the breaks are between points. So I have a I have a really silly idea. There's probably a like a <laughs> professional I, a way to do that. Maybe like, I mean that would probably take editing to put in a noise. But like since we're not, go ahead. What do you have? Well, I mean, there's there's the chapter thing, and I, I hadn't done that before with our, our things because I'm lazy, but I stopped doing um, the articles every freaking episode, which means there's probably fewer people that are actually listening to us now, but, you know, we'll work that out. It's anyway, <laughs> so the effort that I'm not spending on writing a full-ass article for it, now maybe I can spend on doing chapters, which might make that easier. That doesn't make it, it doesn't make the transition better, so I do think we should probably do something while we're recording it to be like, you know, this is the end of this section or something like that, but... Yeah, actually, what I was thinking about doing, the silly thing I was thinking about doing so we don't have to edit anything, mm. is, is doing doing a silly noise. Um, literally at the end, right before we pause, and at the beginning, right after we unpause. Does that make sense? That sounds like a lot. No, no, no. It's totally, it's totally <laughs> easy. What it means is that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a noise, something like a boop, you know, just a, something silly <laughs> like that. And... And seems jarring. I won't make that noise until I'm pretty sure we're done talking, okay? And then when I make that noise, then you hit pause. And it doesn't have to be like, oh, I have to get it quick. Just, you know, after I make that noise, we won't speak until you hit pause. Okay, counter offer. Maybe we need to eventually, maybe not this time, but maybe we need to eventually have like a little like, you know how there, there's like little toys that make noises? 
We could do that in what, front of the Why do you thing. hate my noises? What? Why do you hate my noise? I just not going to hate your my noise. noise was, my noise was... I love my noise. Oh, okay. I just thought it would be cute to have, like, a little mascot for the show that does <laughs> that the little noise. That would be cute. If we can find something that makes a, a, a cute enough noise, yeah. I'm totally down for that. Absolutely. Until then, do your, do your noises. It's fine. It'll be different noise every time. It'll be some variation of a boop or doot in a high-pitched, kind of penetrating, loud voice. Sure, but you got to stop doing it while we're still yes, doing this I understand. section. Because it's going to get really confusing for people. Well, no. We're still talking about you know how to figure it out. It'll be fine once we get going, I swear. But anyway, yeah, so... I'll, after I make that noise, we can't speak until you hit pause, and then once you unpause, that has to be the first noise that happens before we start speaking. We got this, though. Why, why does it have to be the first noise? Just it, because it'll really make it obvious. Because like basically, what that means is that the people, the the listener, is going to hear those two noises back to back, and then know that time has passed since the last time we were talking. And it's um, it is a little jarring, but it's on purpose so that that way it doesn't feel like a conversation isn't oh god how do i explain that it's not like like hearing us talk about black mirror there was like a five minute gap like five minutes passed in the show and it took me several words to figure out that time had passed and i was there <laughs> so like right your average listener i think it will help uh continuity and be yeah, able but to why do it. we need two like we have you're saying to do one when we pause it which is is one but then you're also saying when we come back doing a second one because uh having the two makes it if we forget something then it'll be obvious that we've forgotten something it is a it is a comfort sound so that to make sure that it is the same so you, every time you want that second one for us as a as a trigger to remember to do other things I, I, no, I want the second one for the listener so that they know if they only hear one, then, you know, we forgot something somewhere and to be a little aware of what's going on, a little more aware of what's going on. The second one is is for Why are you giving our listeners jobs like that? Because like... I, I believe in them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're not paying them anything, so... No, 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 absolutely. But, like, and nobody has to do anything. But, like, you know, they want to. Mm. I'm just trying to make it easier. I'm actually trying to make it so they don't they have to do less. Like, they don't have to think about it as hard. Because mm. I know I like to just zone out for shit. Mm. Well, we'll do the two thing and see how that goes. I, I, I still kind of feel like... I haven't heard a great argument against it yet, if I'm being honest. Because you only really need one, you know? That's not really an argument do against it. Do your message it. after the beep. That means that your argument is just that it's not the most efficient. <laughs> and I don't like that. Well, I'm just, I'm trying to think about, like, when I'm listening to it, then I hear a beep, and then I hear a second beep, and it's like, what, is this a hearing test? But it's just, it's gonna... Over time, that's, that's to me, from my person, my, my, my personal perspective, that's, that's, that's gonna get annoying, I think. Well, it's gonna be beeps pretty close together. It's gonna be like, beep, beep. It doesn't matter, it's... And then it's done. It's still, like... It's, it's not going to be so annoying. I think it's going to be very helpful. Maybe. But we'll see. You could be right. You could <laughs> be right. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just saying what I think is going to happen, and uh -huh. I could be completely wrong about that. We'll see. We will see. It will be delightful, though. And I'm going to do it. If you're going, if you're not going, if you don't have a strong argument against I it. I don't have a strong argument against it. I just have a, a I think that this is going to be annoying argument. I love and it. that doesn't mean that we shouldn't try it. We should definitely try it. I love it. If I get annoyed, then, then I'll be like, see, I was right. I'm annoyed. 
Perfect. <laughs> I love it. So, uh, we're going to watch the first episode of Sex Education. Yeah, five minutes of arguing about the beep, and I think we are ready. I'm so glad we decided to put that one into the episode. Me too. Like, that was delightful. It was. Okay, so we ready? I believe so. Boop! Boop! All right, we're back. Hello. Hi. Okay, we're about... What do you mean? Timestamp. Give me the timestamp. <laughs> <laughs> we're about two minutes in. This is a 50-minute... 52, 53-minute episode, so um, we potentially are going to be stopping uh, a little bit less frequently than we usually do, um, but we'll see. Uh, we've had the first scene, which is uh, two characters fucking. That's what we've seen so far. Yeah, there's already been blatant nudity in the first two minutes. This is not your average show, so you know, keep that in mind. Yeah, this is definitely like you know, not for children. 100% probably should have said at the beginning of the episode good on us well hello, well done um, but the, the the program itself has a rating so follow your ratings always I mean it's fine I'm gonna I'm gonna check the box on explicit for this one so hell yeah I, I, I did that for the first episode of Black Mirror too good excellent I love that that's fantastic yeah. so anyway um, we can tell now that there's uh, a couple that um, are fucking and that they're is some sort of uh, sexual issue going on between them because the male in the scenario did not seem capable of orgasm. Well, he seemed very disinterested the whole time. Well, we we don't want to... Like, we know this show. Yeah, I know, but like from what it shows, he seemed disinterested. Oh, yeah, his face did show very much that he was kind of just like not enjoying the experience like and then she even he talked to him and he didn't answer because he was like away somewhere else yeah thinking about other shit and then he seemed like he was trying really hard to be able to come before she come came orgasmed and uh he was unsuccessful and it's the second piece of media i've ever seen in my life that i'm aware of where a dude fakes an orgasm and then gets called out immediately for doing so in fact, 100% of the times in media I've seen a dude fake an orgasm, he immediately gets called out for it. <laughs> you know, that's a, that's, that is a point I'd, I'd like to talk about. Because, like, first off, um, I don't think that we should be shaming people for faking an orgasm. Like, no, if they feel uncomfortable, you know, not talking about their issues that makes it difficult for them to orgasm, then... Maybe that should be okay. Like, maybe don't... The way the, the girl in, in this show called that out seemed a little bit, like, not caring. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not going to necessarily come down hard on her either because, like, in the middle of sex, your emotions are heightened to a, a large yeah, degree. Vulnerable. And, yeah, you're very vulnerable. And so, like, you know, when you have a, when you have something that seems off or weird to you, then it's going to cause a great deal of distrust, distrust because you're open. You're so vulnerable right. at that moment. And so, like, I, I don't, I don't hate her for how she reacted to it, but it is clear that these two are struggling. But I, I will say that I, I do think I don't like the idea of faking orgasm for anybody. I don't care what your gender is. I don't like the idea of it. I'm not saying that it's bad to do. I don't like the idea of it because it means that you don't trust the person that you're having sex with to be able to be honest. 
And in my view, why are you having sex with somebody that you don't trust? Period. Right. And that's, you know, pretty uh, understandable view for a lot of people. I don't kink shame those that only want to sleep with people that that's they don't true. trust. Uh, you do your thing. Please I'm be not, safe. My opinions are only for me. Right. I'm, I'm not saying that it means anything about anybody. I just personally would not have sex with somebody that I didn't trust enough to to tell them, you know, hey, I'm, I'm just not feeling it. Right. That being said, I understand because, full disclosure, I've had sexual dysfunction and difficulties orgasming. Mm-hmm. So... I understand wanting to fake it and sometimes even if you're not really faking it but you're like just playing it up like I get that too I've been there yeah and sometimes it's, I mean this this show is sex education if we go deep into this show then we're going to talk a lot about uh, sexual vulnerability um, and that's a it's a very very big topic for a lot of people I mean there's a growing number of um, of ace people out there, of, of asexual people out there, and that would not matter so much to them. But it might be interesting to yeah. see what the other side uh, learns from their perspective. But there's a lot of people out there that have a really hard time with sex. A really hard time with sex. It's difficult, man. It really is. And um, The older you get, sometimes it gets harder. Like, and not in a good way. <clears throat> sometimes, sometimes it's people that don't find any sort of sexual freedom or expression until they are older until they're in their 70s and stuff right. like that because like people care less about getting diseases and stuff when you're like 75 oh yeah and then you get a whole bunch of them because nobody uses condoms because you can't get pregnant right exactly <laughs> and then you have nursing homes that run through yeah. <laughs> fucking STDs. Anyway, so we're going off topic. Yeah. I just, I, I, I thought that it was uh, good to address that beginning because it, you're right, it's it's not super common for people to, or for any media really, to address that sometimes men might fake an orgasm too. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult because they get immediately called out for it because where's the spunk? Right. And it, it, I don't know, you're right, I, I didn't, we didn't really talk about that aspect at all, but it's like, you know, it's part of the, um, the, what do they call it? The masculine dominated society, what do they patriarchy? call it? Patriarchy? Yeah, the patriarchy. The idea that mm. men need to be manly. If a man is fucking, he better be coming. Yeah. And it's like, you don't know shit about shit. Like, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch, there's a few dudes out there that actually know what Tantra is that are like, yeah, no, bro, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, and I will say that there is a toxic, it's, it's, there's, there's like this overlap of toxic masculinity and toxic femininity where like if in, in, in their kind of relationship, the woman may be suffering from that toxic feminine perspective of like, I need to please the man. And if I don't, then you know, society thinks that there's something wrong with me and take that and turn it into the toxic masculinity of you're not man enough to handle me because of the insecurity. And it causes a really abusive situation. I've heard of a lot of men going through that, that scenario where they're, they're having difficulties. They needed somebody to be understanding and loving and, and to just let it be what it is for a little bit mm-hmm. and instead they got met with well you're not man enough yep exactly and it's just this 
untenable idea of what someone needs to be and it's like just let people be who they are right so as i said we're probably gonna not pause as often as we have been in the past because it's a 50 minute episode and we're already 15 minutes into our podcast and who knows maybe this will be a super long episode but we're not shooting for that currently right so we're gonna go ahead and pause now anything else you want to say nope i'm good okay boop boop all right, we're back. Hello. Five minutes and 30 seconds into this show, we again find a moment that is just very comment-worthy because we met Mom. Well, we met Otis. We met Otis. Who is, is pretending, pretending to, masturbate. to masturbate. Like, setting it up to where it looks like he did, but he, he didn't. creating a diorama of a scene mm-hmm. of where a teenager has masturbated. And then his mother's flavor of the day or week or whatever pops into his bedroom trying to go to the bathroom so then we get this obvious like exposition that this is not abnormal this happens a lot otis isn't surprised at all no and i think he lies about being left-handed possibly as a possibility but he didn't jerk off so it's kind of it doesn't really matter although i'll be honest i had a bit of a like grumble moment there because it's like yeah sure i get the germs are a thing but i'm pretty sure that was that the whole dude being concerned that he just touched a hand that just touched a penis is homophobic and not well it's toxic masculinity in it 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 can be homophobic but it can also be a part of that idea that men are unhygienic and don't wash their penises well enough yeah either way i'm not a fan yeah not a fan of that at all but it kind of made it better because Otis's best friend, who I forgot his name already, because I don't think we've I heard it. I forgot his name, too. I don't think it... I don't think we've heard it. I don't it, think we've heard it yet. yet. But uh, immediately was like, your mom's new boyfriend is so hot, basically. And I'm like, uh, you're so right. Because <laughs> leather pants, like, it was pretty hot. And motorcycle, it was pretty hot. Um, and Otis's best friend uh, was able to call that out in a way that was kind of satisfying to me. So I like that. Um, but... Otis's mom, Jean. Oh my god, she's so hot. Oh, fucking. Yeah, we both were just like, oh, fucking yes. Scully. Like, how do you how do you beat? Jeez. Old hot sex guru Scully. Like she is just aging like the best of wines. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, so so yeah, there's a lot of interesting dynamics already going on, and I mean we've watched this before, both of us individually. So we know kind of where it's going, but it's still... So the reason why I wanted to pause, though, is because we get uh, a, a brief look at Jean's um, work life as mm, yes. um, she apparently um, treats... How's your penis working out? <laughs> she apparently treats patients at her home uh, about... And, these, and she's a sex therapist, and so it's a couple that has come in. And Otis lets us know, as he should definitely not know this no, he information. Should not know this information. Um, that uh, he that the the husband wants the wife to wear a strap on. That's the information we're given. And then we see them sitting, and then we see Jean, and she looks up and says, "So, Dorothy or whatever the fuck the woman's name is, how are you getting on with your penis?" And we see them, the couple, and she, the woman Dorothy or whatever the fuck, looks looks at Jean and says. I don't hate it. I'm not hating it. And it's like, oh, wow. It's That's... a little, like, it, it touches a very, very tiny bit on on the idea that, you know, maybe there's some trans, you know, 
patients that she has that she also works with in, in a similar vein. Sure, sure. But, you know, this is obviously this woman yeah, working with her strap on. But like, well, she works with the sexual side of that. So, like, yeah. it wouldn't be... Um, but like it's, it's a, the understanding that I that brought it brought to me that it was interesting was that this is a couple this is this is two people that are married normal people that have been it looks like married for probably like a decade or more give or take and um, they're they're going to a professional to try and make their sex life not be what it has been to be better than what it has been right and it's it's just a, it's an interesting look at people that are trying that are struggling but trying to get better and I like it but. At the same time, they don't look like they're really enjoying the process of getting better. <laughs> so, right. You know. I actually really like the, the, the whole s concept of the sex education show because it hopefully helps to destigmatize a little bit the idea that it's okay to go talk to somebody about your sexual issues as right. a couple or as a, you know, as, as a an single individual. Person. Yeah. Like it's fine. Yeah. Absolutely. Anything else you want to say? No, I think that's it. Okay. Boop. Boop. Okay. Oh, it did count it. It I did catch it. Show it. Yeah. Um, 12, 12 minutes in. 12 minutes into episode one. So 40 minutes to go. <laughs> I know. Uh -huh. So we've already gone through a little bit of uh, potential asexuality shaming. Yeah, because of Otis's difficulties with... Apparently, um, it masturbation. Yeah, he doesn't. It doesn't feel right when he has sexual responses to things, and so he's. But his friends like, no, that's weird. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, but we can look at it when there's like all kinds of bad things all over the place. You know, like there's um, rumors happening about everybody mm -hmm. and slut shaming all over the place. Uh, people Which, just being that's toxic, high school, man. and it's like if. It is kind of is high school. It's definitely at least media high school, mm. like no doubt. So um, it's difficult really to call it all all out, but it's not great. I mean, hopefully we we see things like this and we're a, we're able just to notice that that's how they're treating each other and know that that's not the way to treat people in real life. Right. Well, it he's not trying to be like asexual phobic. I don't know if that's a Thing, but like but it, it, it does come across like oh well if you have like it's weird if you can't have a boner then you know you're broken like he's kind of treating right. it that way and he, he comes at it from like a a worrying perspective like there's, there's there's good behind it it's just not he's also he's also making fun of him yeah he's also making fun of you him. know the phrase at least i can touch my own dick yeah, was used and so was kind of a low, kind of a low blow but the next immediate line was i'm worried about you right bro. so like you know there's concern there and i get that and it's sweet but a bunch of <laughs> A bunch of the millennials, the older millennials, the younger Gen X, we all grew up in 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 families that like just being an asshole to each other was yeah, the that was norm. The, that's what you did. That you were just expected to be an asshole to everybody, and when you weren't, you were being an asshole by making everyone else feel bad. Right, and then the place where we paused actually is where our generation drew the line between actual bullying, which, let's be fair. It was still bullying to make fun of 
Otis's inability to get it up or to do anything with his yeah, penis. Yeah, yeah. That was still bullying. Yeah. But our generation drew the line at what we considered quote unquote actual bullying or physical bullying. From, you know, just being an asshole, you know, and, and, and that being an acceptable thing. Right. Busting each other's chops and shit. <clears throat> right. And 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 now we see uh Eric. Eric, that's that's the the friend's name. Um, gets bullied by what was his name? Um, fuck. Uh, I don't remember his name now. He just they, said they it too. Just said it. Um, well, anybody watching along with us knows the bully character that that is there. This is also the same character that was fucking the girl in the beginning of the show. Yeah. Um, and it's super aggro, like just treating Eric like a an like absolute subhuman. worthless piece of shit. Yeah. Like someone that only exists to benefit the bully yeah and just to <clears throat> be a little transparent here i adore eric so much so so much he's like, so precious he he does bad things sometimes but he's got such an appreciation for certain things he yeah. gets super he just loves certain things so much he doesn't require um love from certain things to be honest like there was a moment when he was looking at the other gay person in their year oh, yeah. or whatever and was like appreciating how hot they looked and that person was then an asshole um Anwar I think is his name uh, yeah I think Anwar was his name uh, and then Anwar was an asshole to Eric and um, Eric was like did you hear him speak to me he with words me. and every words and everything oh my god that was so <laughs> cute and I fucking loved it I um uh, adored it so much and like this interaction between eric and the bully yeah it really sets you up to 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 really enjoy eric's presence despite the fact that he was just making fun of otis you see him being bullied and you're like oh well that little bit that he's doing to otis is nothing by comparison adam adam yeah that's the bully's name adam. okay good here so this interaction is so, if you look at it, if you really look at this interaction, it's so deep because, like, it's so practiced from both parties. Um, Eric is, like, knew it was coming, but was still surprised. He's still because surprised of, uh, by, by it because uh, it's jarring, because it's because traumatic. Of, and, and, and Adam does that on purpose, makes it a jarring experience, waits until Eric is probably feeling good before he does it. And then gets everything from Eric. And even there's some sort of like I don't know what a fucking bully woolly or twirly whirly or whatever the fuck they Curly were talking whirly. about. Yeah, some sort of dessert, I guess. That yeah, I think it's something like a Tootsie roll, but that not Eric didn't immediately hand over. He actually like gave some pushback. He was like, Bro, not my curly whirly and um then Adam got right in his face and was like, If you don't give that to me, I'm gonna break your face And you can see that like Adam needs this reaction from Eric. This yeah. is this is something necessary for Adam's mental state of being. Well, and then I don't know if you noticed this, but like he takes that that curly whirly thing, like crunches it up in his hand into a little like. It looked like a looked like a turd. It, it looked, looked like, like a, a turd, a piece of shit, or or like a an anal plug or something, and like pops it into his mouth and just swallows it whole. Yeah. And in front of him before kinda, he right before he leaves. Like 
like intentionally being like, I'm not even going to enjoy this. Right. This thing that you probably would enjoy and get pleasure and happiness from, I'm not even going to find pleasure with. I'm going to consume it without pleasure to make you feel bad. And it's fucking like terrible and genius and well i believe that there's more to that because it's sort of a little bit foreshadowing things that happen later. oh I, no you can't say but... shit like that but yeah i know you gotta you gotta not say shit like that because <laughs> like I, there's so much that happens in the, in the future with all of these characters and I, I want to allude to everything but like i know right we're trying to experience it as we're as we're experiencing it you know and i i do okay with this usually but we'll see how it goes anything else you want to say no, I think I think we've covered most of it, yeah. All right. Boop! Boop! Okay. 25 oh. minutes and 15 seconds in. <clears throat> Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, I don't even remember what we talked about last, if I'm being honest. But, like, what we came back in on, what we're at right now, was Adam going over to Otis's house... Finding all the sex stuff that Jean has. Otis of her tried job. so hard to hide all of the weird sex shit, and 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 Adam found it anyway. Just meandering through the house like he owned the goddamn place. Yeah, he got bored. Like when he came into the house and he said, "I'm bored already." That was a warning. Yeah. You gotta not only do the project but also entertain Adam. Mm-hmm. I've been there. I've God been there damn too. it. I've I've done that shit before. Um, but yeah, Adam found it, and <laughs> while confronting Otis about the weird sex toys, he <laughs> weird found, sex dungeon. That's yeah, what he called it. Yeah, you have a sex dungeon. Um, Mom came home. Jean came home, and immediately what we're treated to is Adam and Jean smoking the rest of Adam's. Uh, no, they were joint. lighting it. The re- they're still smoking. Well, he he had been smoking it mm. while pissing. Oh, right. And he probably just put it out, and then they relit yeah, it because that's what people do with joints. I haven't done joints in a long time, but anyway. Um, <clears throat> and they're both just having a so much fun. In fact, Adam's face shows so much joy in that scene. Like, my God, you see him smoking with Gene, and he's he's just got the 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 biggest smile on his face it's touching his eyes yeah and it's 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 such a big happy smile that from the juxtaposition of the earlier scenes that we've seen him in it it almost feels a little bit like why are you so happy about this moment like i don't know that you like you almost kind of feel like do you deserve to be this happy right he's almost had this whole energy the whole time of wanting to be antagonistic to the people he's interacted with or just being disinterested in interacting with them Right, and to be left alone. Right. Um, but for some reason, him doing what he knows is... Uh, it's illegal over there. Right, it's it's not the right thing to do, quote-unquote. Right. It's, it's the, it's the um, illegal delinquent. or rebellious or delinquent thing to do. And an adult that's totally not only okay with him doing it, but is willing to do it with him, makes him feel so happy. That he just learned this secret about this, you know... That she's a sex therapist. All this weirdness. Yeah. Yeah. Although, and I love Jean so much because after smoking the good (laughs) pot, goes and gets some chips. She's so like me, right? I know, right? (laughs) Um, But she comes out and she's like, hey, just to let you know, it's something that I've noticed in some of my patients that, you know, when, when people your age get high a lot, it could sometimes lead to, like, early onset impotence. And... 
dude's like, why would you think I would have a problem with that? He gets super defensive. Yeah, why, why would you think I would have a problem with that? And she's like, I, I didn't, didn't say, say anything you about you problem. having a problem with that. Yeah. And, like, kind of does the whole looking down her nose thing at him. Like, And then ob- she's like, observing. but if you want to talk about it. And he's like, nope, I'm going to go now. <laughs> yep, completely freaked him out to the point where he had to leave. Which is not great for Otis, because this dude seems like the type that if you make him uncomfortable, he will make your life hell for months. Yeah. For, or forever. Like, or forever. For, for for your entire school days. It's for just, as long it's as you over. interact with him, you're just his slave now because he's going to uh, abuse you into it, as he is currently doing with Eric, it seems like. Because yeah. it seems like he's eating Eric's lunch every day, taking whatever money Eric has on him every day. And shoving up him up against lockers every day. Right. There must be some times where he's actually beat the shit out of Eric. It must have happened. Oh, there was a moment. There was a moment with um, the girl that we saw in the very beginning that was having sex with uh, Adam. That that she was saying that he oh, another scene is we really saw sweet at times. Like yeah. he can be really sweet when you're, when, when no one's looking. When no one's looking. And I, you know, that to me, and maybe she might be right. I'm sure. Like everybody's just people, right? Everybody's just people. The worst of people underneath are still people inside so let's let's start out there but it's pretty clear i don't feel like this is jumping the gun on saying this adam's an abuser oh yes and that is absolutely what abusers are like they are sweet at first they are sweet especially when you you get them alone yeah and uh i don't know there's something it's probably because i know more about the show but like even in these moments when I first saw it the first time, I really felt like he was abused into being an abuser. And maybe everyone's abused into being an abuser, but, like, you know, I could tell early on that this person had a interesting story behind him. I don't have any data to support this, but I believe from my experience and my research that most people that are abusers were abused into it. I'm sure. Okay. I do think, though, that if we looked back far enough, if we could just, like, watch the lives of every single person that has ever lived on this planet, I believe that we would find the root of abuse would be in sociopaths. Like, clinical sociopaths. Like, people who literally could not tell right from wrong and did the things that they did because they didn't realize what... Like, they could not empathize with another person to know what it felt like they don't recognize other humans as being the same thing as that so i personally believe that the source of all abuse is from clinical sociopaths however most of the people who are abusive are not they just they were abused and that's all they know how to interact with people they're just still hurting and lashing out it's not an excuse no and it's not a justification for them to continue doing it if you're you likely you are have been um abusing somebody maybe try i don't know i don't want to give out advice like that but like it's difficult to well like i've been an abuser so i can say like I, i i was abused emotionally and so i emotionally abused other people and it it takes a lot to come to terms with the victimhood of it to then see that you are actually like making new victims like those are both separate things that are both really difficult to do and 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 i would say if if 
if you're out there and you feel like you have been abused, really ask yourself if you are accidentally, unknowingly carrying that forward. That's what I would give as, as any sort of advice or suggestion. Just, just, just think about it. Just consider that maybe it's possible because that is where I think it, we, we can maybe make a difference and stop, stop it continuing, stop it perpetuating. Right. Anything else? No, I, I think we're, we're good on that one. Okay. Boop. Boop. Okay. We are 2720 into this and I have to say a thing. So Otis's mom, Jean, just confronted him about setting up the scenario of, of pretending to masturbate for her to see, to believe that he is masturbating. And he clearly didn't want to talk about it. And he said something about, you know, not bringing this kind of thing up or, you know, to stop doing this. And she said something to the effect of, I will when you stop creating things that you clearly want me to observe. And it really boggles my mind that she could be a therapist. And I know these are fictional people, but like, seriously, they, these people do exist and not realize that if he is pretending, like he, if he's creating this scenario that he wants her to believe, he's clearly not ready to talk about it. And it is not okay to just confront somebody and push them in that scenario when it's very, like it's, it's, it's just clinically clear that he wants her to believe that everything's fine. And while I accept that as a parent, you have to like kind of look at it and be like, well, things really aren't fine. You also have to look at it, whether a parent or a therapist, as people need to feel safe to come to you to talk about it. Right. Because 90% of helping somebody is waiting for them to approach you to ask. Because, and then just listening. And yeah, and, and listening. And maybe there's other action you can take if they would need something from you personally. But, but you have to wait. And um, for for teenage kids specifically, there is such an important element on from their perspective of being trusted, of being seen as responsible enough to take care of themselves. And I know that teenagers do a lot of dumb things that get them into a lot of trouble and that parents have historically worked hard to make rules and enforce rules that help teenagers not get in trouble but I, I think it's wrong I think it's incorrect and I think that what we actually are supposed to be doing is to trust the teenagers and then help them get out of the explosions that they cause well I disagree fundamentally there because I, I think that there that we need to set up sandboxes for them to make their poor decisions in a safe place where they're not going to make those decisions that will actually impact them for life. Um, so, I, I mean, we agree, I think, on that they should be allowed to find things out on their own to some degree, but I don't think that we should just trust them willy-nilly to, to, you know, get there on their own. Like, there should be some guidance, mm. I, I think, and I think that that's healthy, but this is not guidance. This is... This is her surgically going in and trying to remove what she believes is a problem, which may not actually be a problem, but a preference that, that he has that he maybe 
maybe never becomes sexual. It's okay for him to be asexual, but because she's a sex therapist, she can't imagine it being okay for somebody to just be asexual and and let that unfold as it does. Right, absolutely. And, um, you know, I originally saw this situation where he was planting the evidence of masturbation to... I originally saw it as him trying to, you know, convince his mom that he's masturbating so that he could buy time to uh, not have to talk about it while he tries to work out whatever the fuck is going on with him right. on his own. Seems I, obvious. I, I no longer think that's the case. Oh? I now think that what he wanted was for her to never notice that it happened. And that this is a test of her knowing who she is, that her bringing it up is evidence of her failing the test. And she's like, you're putting this performative thing together for me to find, obviously. And I want to look at her and be like, no, he wants you to never look the notice. Other way. He wants you to never notice that it happened. Or even if you did notice, to just give him the space to not bring it up. Yeah, basically. It's a trust thing again. Yeah. But like I think but it yeah, can be both of those things. Probably. Yeah. But like I want him to find the words to tell her that. Because that I think would oh, that's so heal hard for their teenagers. Though. I think that, that would heal this relationship because she genuinely doesn't actually yet understand what she's doing no. wrong. Yeah, she genuinely thinks she's doing the right thing and she doesn't understand why it's not working. And I can tell from from Otis's perspective, and maybe I'm reading into it too much, maybe I'm mirroring, but like I can tell from, from what it looks like to me from Otis's perspective is that he is frustrated that he can't find the words to explain what is wrong to her. I think it's more than that because I think that he's frustrated feeling like he's broken already and that everything that she does reinforces that brokenness while she's also constantly trying to make it known that like it's okay to be yourself and like everything it's all natural like you know and all that but but he feels broken in that environment where it's so accepting in so many ways that like it feels weird to still be able to feel so wrong mm. And that's a that's a crazy place to be. And I think that is a, a big source of his frustration in that, like, if everything's okay, like, if it's okay for me to just be me, then why do I feel so broken being where I'm at right now? Right. And that's the hardest thing to fucking deal with as a human. It's like, yeah, you can feel like absolute utter shit. Like, everything is wrong and terrible, and it's okay to be there. And I, I think he's mad at her, very rightfully so, because she's sending these mixed messages. Yeah. Of it's okay for you to be who you are. It's okay. Let's just, you know, radical acceptance. But here's these things that you're doing wrong that are definitely worrisome that I want to fix. Yeah. And those two things are different. I think that there's, uh, I, I don't want to make judgments, but or wild accusations or um, generalities, but like, um, I think there's actually a lot of therapists that have the intelligence to be able to perceive what we're doing and why we're doing it. But they're still just flighty humans themselves, mm. you know? Yeah. And so, like, some of it doesn't, they don't apply it to themselves, or some of it they don't right. apply to it each, even it's each other in, in ways that make it logical. And so it's just they, they, they have the same foibles as the rest of us, same selfishnesses. 
Because we're all human, man. Hell yeah, we are. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Well, yeah. Boop. Boop. <laughs> okay, so we are... How far are we? Oh, um... 3325, roughly. 30, somewhere around there. Uh, we're in class with uh, the SRE class, apparently about sexually di transmitted diseases. I wish every school had a class that did this. I never did anything like this at all. I never did either, and I think that that is part of the problem. I do too. But they... they so they had a plastic... Dick. ...penis... And were tasked with, clearly tasked with, they didn't actually say it, they just started showing Otis trying to Struggling take this so condom hard. and put it on the plastic penis. And he was having so much difficulty. Oh my god, the actor oh fucking god. killed it. Yeah. That was beautiful. The way he, he, the actor portrayed that, that specific difficulty. Just the lightest the lightest touch i know you can't see me but the lightest touch of that right on top of the right on top of the tip and it's like boop, it just sat there perfectly and he's like ah oh, okay and then he's like reach over and try and touch it just just a little bit the four fingers just barely touching at the four cardinal directions <laughs> of the condom and slight roll and down he, and he tried really away. hard to move it down and he went, nope 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 okay, uh -huh, okay. Nope, uh -huh, yep. but then like he kept trying to come back to it and mave eventually was like oh my god and just like boom <laughs> <laughs> and then done and then moved it aside and i can't i don't i don't think i noticed i didn't look at otis but i wonder if when she slammed it down if he reacted to that because i don't know i don't know he's having trouble know. with um he's having trouble with his penis with masturbation and with, with genitalia being, in general and sexuality and in general. being aroused and having a heart on and stuff like that but like it is clear that he feels something for Maeve he has given her like 17 looks so far you know like it, it's pretty clear that there's a there's an at least there's some sort of an attraction an or interest. A fear at least <laughs> there's there's an interest there's a curiosity I don't know if I could call that attraction because he doesn't seem to have attraction to anyone in particular but there's an interest of like like curiosity of who she really is and like why she's so mean right yeah <laughs> but um yeah and we also got um okay what else have we seen we saw oh yeah uh fucking adam adam is the headmaster's son yeah and the headmaster is a very stern man very strict man you are five minutes past curfew you do not get your phone until the morning yeah. sort of strict and um obviously it didn't like uh, it, it's worth noting that the way that adam tried to go into the house he, he was really sneaky and he's very quiet and he did really well in getting into the house and then the dog barked once yes moderately quietly and the headmaster knew immediately what was going on Yep. That's a really subtle thing. It's a really subtle way of showing how abusive this situation is without having any actual abuse. Right, because that means that the headmaster controls his environment ultimately and, and, and completely. Not just that, but, but that the headmaster is so controlling as to be vigilant enough that a single a single kind of muffled it wasn't a very loud bark this was a small dog mm -hmm. a single bark just a little yip of, of excitement yep. clued him in 
to what was going on. Yeah, and two things about that. One, like you're saying, the headmaster is great, is 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 being very strict. Um, that that means with with one tiny little change in his routine, he's able to know what's going on. That means that his wife and his son have to live completely by mm -hmm. his by his rules, mm -hmm. the way that's he wants I mean. it. And that's a very abusive thing. That's very, that's definitely taking away the autonomy of these two people, and it's uh, disgusting and abhorrent. The one of the this is this was actually one of the moments that, um, because I I like the character of Adam, if I'm being honest, but I, I know more of the show, of course, than what we've revealed right. so far. Right, I didn't like him in this episode. Like it, it this, takes a while. But this moment is one of the moments that was started me on that path because. The dog barked, and as soon as the dog barked, Adam knew what that meant yep. for him. His and face he, fell. And he looked at the dog, and he was like, shit. And then he did he, not he assault pet, the dog. Yeah, he pet the dog as if to say, I know you were just being you. It wasn't your fault. Right. It was a kindness and empathy shown to that dog. And I appreciate that from from humans. Yeah, there's a lot of nuance in this show. Yeah, So exactly. it, it, it really shows you, like, this spectrum where i mean i don't know that there's any truly evil people or truly good people right exactly i think we have like 20 minutes left yeah. 20 yeah 20 minutes 19 minutes and six seconds left so we will be back soon mave mave is just one of the fucking hottest characters ever now from the perspective of a high school kid, right? Forty-year-old me is not going to go hit on on sixteen-year-old no, no, Maeve. No. That's yeah, gross. That's but, gross. but like that final scene with the conversation between Otis and Maeve, when Maeve walks away to give Otis that feeling of hurry is needed to make a decision without really thinking it through right. on purpose, totally. Oh, yeah. And then hearing him call for her and her having that, like, I won look. <laughs> just turning around and looking at him. When she turned around and looked at him, that still frame of that is one of the fucking hottest looks of any people ever. So, aside from that, a lot happened. Yeah, sorry. I got a little distracted. No, no, anyway. no, no. It was a, it was a reasonable distraction. <clears throat> um, <sighs> so, yeah. So, Adam took some Viagra then got really uh, freaked out because he had a very massive erection that was painful probably yeah probably very painful and uh, Maeve and Otis walked in on, like overheard him oh because he had uh, spread a video around the school of Otis's mother doing a sex like a, a demonstration a yeah a demonstration with video vegetables. with vegetables about, you know, basically giving somebody a hand job. And I'll be honest, the first time I saw it, and even this time, it doesn't look like Jean. The hair color is very different, and she looks younger enough that it doesn't actually look like Jean to me. And so I was confused at first until Maeve was like, was that really your mom? And then I understood. I mean, it, it looked like her to me. That's but, fine. you know, whatever. Yeah. The point was still that, like, it was to get under his skin, and it was abusive. Bullying. Yeah, it was definitely an embarrassing thing that so, like, really affected immediately following that to have Adam in that that vulnerable position where he was freaking out about this massive, painful erection. You know, they were kind of the 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 tables were turned. Yeah, and 
Adam had a moment of, of vulnerability in there where he they discovered him in pain and then everyone screamed because they all saw each other and then he was like get out and then he's like wait help me and then and he, he opened up about help. himself about yeah. his life a little bit and then Otis gave him some therapeutic advice the kind of stuff that his mom you know kind of raised him with right and relatively decent life advice to begin with you know own your narrative which was what the general advice was understand that there's certain circumstances that you don't have the ability to change and do your best to own those circumstances and make them your own to the right. best of your ability right, right. it's great advice and then you know the erections started going down and then we, we cut to later and Adam decides that to own his narrative he's going to flash the whole fucking school yeah, he stands on a table at lunch and says, I am Adam Graff, I'm the headmaster's son, which is weird, because I'm pretty shit at school, and this is my dick. And yes, there are legal ramifications for exposing your genitalia to people, but I was proud of Adam. I mean, in a way, it is empowering to be able to do that. I, I think we should destigmatize nudity in general. Like, women, when women flash their tits like that's not an offense you tend to go to jail for no and you shouldn't be punished for any sort of flashing of people however for, like, it kids. was inappropriate to do that and it's also underage kids like it's well he was too yeah i know so, so it's, like, it's not it's it's a bad all around in, in a lot of regards and not definitely definitely not going to be promoting that sort of activity or behavior but i will admit that I was proud of the character. I was I was proud of him for being able to own the narrative. It's just the method by which he owned his narrative maybe was poorly thought out. Right. He could have stood up and said I have a big a large penis and it is difficult and Right. He whatever. didn't have to flash. And he didn't have everybody. to actually show everybody his penis. He could just have been like, "Yes, I have a big penis." Right. And leave it Actually, that. I googled it, and it's only it's only a little above average. Which is d demonstrably false, but that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. Um, um, and then he we later cut to him having sex with his girlfriend again. Amy. Her name is Amy. Amy. And, uh, and he has an orgasm. Yeah. And then she breaks up with him. Because of course she does. Because he just flashed... The entire school. Oh my god. Fucking... Okay, so Amy is part of the group that Anwar, the other uh, uh, openly gay person, openly gay male in this class um, is in. The, like, the clicky, yeah, popular, the popular kids. They call them the untouchables. The untouchables. The, the, the really hot and rich ones or whatever. Right. And, like, it's Amy and it's Anwar and it's this really severe, uh, like... A dark-haired chick that I don't know the name of, and then like I think an African American chick that's like pretty, pretty. Is she African American? She's I the one that's she slapping. Indian. Maybe she was. Uh, yeah, maybe she was. Um, or, or or she could even be like Fijian or something. Yeah, I can't. I don't. I don't remember what she looks I, like at all. I can't really like. Uh, yeah, Ethnic I can't of some variety. tell what her ethnicity is, but it's not it white. Matter, really. Yeah. And that's kind of the point. The point. Anwar's not white. Anwar's either. not white either. Um. And I'll be honest. But he's also gay. The, the so. severe one kind of looks Italian to me, but you know, that's probably racist. I don't know. Um, anyway, anyway, the point is, point is that th that foursome is like some of the most toxic people of all time. Oh my goodness! They're just like yeah. slapping shit out of Amy's hands all the time because no, it's and putting vegan. her down for everything that she says. Poor Amy. You can tell that Amy has very low self-esteem, and is, she's not 
quite that bright. And she's working really. No, she is not that bright. But she's working she has really a heart hard. Of gold man. She's working really hard to be a part of that group, and that group is the reason why she decides to break up with Adam. Clearly. And honestly, like I didn't mention this before, but um, earlier in the show, she was in uh, Adam's room and then just stormed out, getting him in worse trouble when he had come home and he was past curfew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was kind of. That was kind of like abusive self-defense kind of uh, action there. That was that was a bit shit of, of Amy to it do. It wasn't cool to do, but like, yeah. But, I mean, if you when, you when you really like pick apart Amy as a character, it was like, well, she's, uh, she's just a, a chronic victim right now. Like, yeah. She doesn't know how to be in control of her own life. Her friends control her life and she's still moderately cool because like we saw a scene of her sitting down with Maeve and just like fucking talking and just just talking right. like friends right openly being vulnerable with each other and just talking right and so she's obviously cool. got potential but she's 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 putting her energy into a lot of places that do not have anything to do with her it's it, it's it's it reminds me of the memories I have of like just typical teenage high school yeah, years trying yeah. to fit in but um, later on, Adam bl basically blames Otis for his actions of flashing the whole school and the consequences that came of that because, you know, the cops got called and then he now he's got detention for the rest of the year. And, and you can tell that his dad is not even fucking paying it, like not even trying to See figure, figure it out, to, to understand, to to get him to follow rules he's just fucking done yeah but he's also protecting him from the actual consequences yeah i don't know why he stepped in and was like they wanted to charge you with indecent exposure like, if why I hadn't, didn't they if i hadn't stepped in for you it's like don't don't yeah that's part of the fucking problem yep exactly. people need to have consequences for their actions they need to understand that these things are legally wrong it's not just the parent doesn't like it when you do this kind of thing there are le legal ramifications yeah and and kids need to know like if 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 you haven't somehow for whatever reason haven't been able to teach them you know that this is right and this is wrong and it comes to a point where it's a legal thing the law is there to do that that is that is their job to enforce the agreed upon morality that humans have elected as being what the laws should be and how everybody should and shouldn't act in public to each other. Right, right, exactly. But this dude, the fucking headmaster, is just the worst. He's he's got no emotional. Worst, he's, he's got no emotional great. intelligence at all. He's like a fucking child because like he blames. You could tell in his in his face and in his voice when he was saying to his son that you know. I had to step in to keep you from being charged with that crime. Right. You should it's appreciate like, me. He's blaming his son for his actions. He is basically saying that it is his, son, his son's fault that he took that action when he made the choice himself. Right. He's That's victimizing himself against his son to be able to uh, justify his own abuse. That's a good point. Uh, saying I had to blah, 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 blah. That is, that is a, a covert way of blaming somebody else for your choice. You yes. chose to do that. You didn't have to do that. Exactly. It's very important. But not a lot of people see it sometimes, so I just wanted to bring it up. I think that covers most of the first episode. Well, I mean, then there was at the end the whole, like, 
Maeve is now going to try to capitalize on Otis's skills. Not really skills, but just life lessons that he's picked up from his mom. Yeah, you can tell that Maeve is But now... that's the whole point of the show. Like, right. We'll Maeve get is... into that in, in subsequent episodes. Right. Maeve has now found a marketable skill that she can exploit. Yeah. Because she can tell that Otis is at least awkward or nervous around her. Right. And that she can capitalize on that. And that he has some skill. And Maeve has the absolute best color color of eyes ever. I'm a simp. I'm just a simp. Just ignore me. You just appreciate beauty. I appreciate beauty in a lot of forms. But you try to do so very respectfully. I try to. I do try. You do try. Yeah, I think that's about it. Um... So, yeah. Well, let's do a little bit of a, an outro then. Um, I know our season two has had a lot less of our um, like interaction with uh, the people listening. And I just wanted to let y'all know that are still listening that are, I mean, we are an hour deep into this podcast now. And so if you're actually hearing these words, I want you personally to know that we really appreciate you hanging out. Yeah. You seem to enjoy hearing what we have to say about various things. And I, I really appreciate that. I think it's super cool. So thanks. And I'll I'll also put a link to um, so I'm gonna put a link to the Discord in case anybody wants to listen to this when it's being recorded live. But I'll also put a link to the article that I'm putting all like it's the article for season two. Right. So all of the episodes for season two, I'm putting them on a playlist, and that playlist is on the article, and it updates as I put the things on the playlist. So that way, if you wanted to comment, you can go back to that same article. It, it's you know doesn't I don't have to have I don't want to have to have an individual article for every single episode in every single season. Right, and you know that that's the way that we we did have the the uh, audience interaction right, for a while, and neither of us really have the spoons to write an article every week about this to be able to garner that sort of uh, individual interaction like that, and so you're welcome to try and interact with us if you could find it. You're welcome to. We happy we're happy to have you, but uh, it's not super necessary right now. Right, we'll get back to it at some point. Maybe it just depends on where we go. I think I do, um, I'll have to check, but I think I, I did still do individual articles on my Patreon, and those articles are free. I don't put them behind a paywall or anything. So if you wanted to get individual like notifications for each episode as they come out through Patreon, you, you could do that as well. Yeah. But I, I also, I think I posted on Twitter, and I definitely also post every single individual one on Mastodon mm. as a little link of like, hey, this happened. So Understood. Cool. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Anything else you want to say? No. Nope. Then uh, I, I think uh, uh, I'm eternally mortal, and I hope you find smiles this day. And I am the Accidental Monster. You can find us both on Medium.com, and uh, follow yourself always.